Hi, I'm Sarah Baker. Welcome to Mama Stories. I created Mama Stories after seeing how impactful sharing stories can be in overcoming the challenges of motherhood. I am where I am today because of the stories of so many amazing strong mamas. And I want to share that with anyone I can. So follow along to laugh, cry, and be empowered. Welcome to the show. Today we have Noelle with us all the way from the East Coast, right? You just moved. Yes, I just moved. So exciting. I'm excited to hear more about that. But uh, before we jump into that, why don't you tell all of us a little bit about who Noelle is? All right. So my name is Noelle Boyer, and I am the mother of two boys, um, two under four. And I'm also a military spouse. I should have probably said that first, right? (laughs) Um, But I'm a military spouse. And my husband and I currently, and my kids, we currently live in North Carolina. We just did a really big cross-country move from San Diego, California to um, North Carolina. But I mean, the whole thing, the gist about me is I'm just a regular Midwestern girl who is trying to make the best out of constantly moving around, missing friends, missing family, um, trying to do it with a smile on my face um, and connecting with people sharing the things that I love, which is writing and, um, you know, a lot of girl talk and a lot of wine. (laughs) Those are the things that I like. (laughs) We should have done this podcast a little bit later. We could have had some wine. Oh, don't let's, let's not pretend I'm not drinking wine. Oh, get it. Okay. Well, Hey, (laughs) I, it's five o'clock on the East coast. That's right. You're right. I forgot. We're in two different time zones. I have to get off this podcast and then go play with my baby. So I'll postpone, but I will have a glass of wine in the honor of this recording tonight. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Okay, so um, military spouse and moving and all of that, that has got to be really hard in this stage, particularly in motherhood, I feel like, because I rely so much on my village and my people. So how do you do it? How do you go through all these changes and moves and friends and all of that at this stage? Honestly, I feel like it helped that I was a military spouse first before I became a mom. And I have a lot of friends who, um, you know, join that military community with kids and they're amazing. But for me, um, because I had a good understanding of what our life was going to look like, um, I, I didn't really know what I was missing uh, once the kids came along. Um, I'm very close with my parents. My mom is super involved, sometimes overly involved in everything that I do. <laughs> Unfortunately, she's on Instagram and anytime I post something about the kids, she's like, why isn't he wearing socks? But that's another story for another time. Um, oh, mothers. But, yeah, exactly. But really, when once the kids came along, um, because I had a good understanding of how our military community worked, um, it, what school is through the journey of my husband's career, I met women who were pretty much the same life phase as me. So we all started with our husbands in, my husband's a pilot, so in flight school. So we all started that journey together and we all got dogs together. And so we were dog friends. And then once our husbands joined uh, the fleet, which is a next step after they finished flight school, a lot of 
military spouses and families, that's when they kind of start having their families. So those friends that I had, we all started having kids at the same time. It's cool. Two of my best friends in the military community, we literally all had kids within months of each other. It was pretty crazy. That's really cool. They were, we were all together when, when, um, when we, at least when one of our friends found out she was pregnant, we were having a girl's night. And that was, that's a story we'll never forget. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. It's good so, to have that community. But now you guys are all separated or are you guys together? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, uh, group, those two girls, um, one of them, we were all in California together when we found out we were pregnant and then we've all um, subsequently split up, split ways. Um, one of them, her husband actually got out of the military and then the other, uh, they are relocating to Arizona and we relocated to North Carolina. So leaving that, leaving those friends is super hard because like I said, our kids grew up together and, you know, something that I because I'm from a family that's not military at all. I didn't even know the difference between the Air Force and the Navy or the Marine Corps until I married my husband or until my husband started this whole journey with the Marine Corps. So I, when I grew up, I always had the friends that I've known my entire life. I've had friends since I was, that I've known since I was born. Mm. And so that's really hard to not be able to give that to my kids. Yeah. That, um, that stability and that, that like type of friendship. But with, uh, with social media, that keeps us connected. Literally before we jumped on this call or this podcast, um, I was actually talking to one of those friends of mine uh, and she was telling me about the house that they're buying. And so that was fun to reconnect mm. with her. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there are a lot of benefits to social media. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I moved a lot when I was a kid, not for any other reason then my parents like to move, um, or my mom, I should say, like to move. <laughs> People often say, were you a military brat? And I'm like, nope, just my mom enjoyed new places. Um, She's adventurous. Yeah. And it was hard. It, I will say that was hard for me though. Like what you're talking about, there were a lot of people, especially when I got to high school who had kind of had these like childhood friends mm -hmm. and I never had that same connection, but I think in the long run, it'll benefit your boys more yeah. than hinder them. I would yeah, like that's to say. the hardest part right now um, with my oldest. He's three. He'll be four in August. Uh, his name is Nolan. And the hardest part about this move from San Diego to North Carolina is that he actually had, he literally had a best friend. Mm. Um, I, a couple best friends, but um, one of, for some reason we have a lot of, like, he had a lot of girlfriends. And so when mm -hmm. he made a friend that was a boy, like they just connected so um instantly so whenever he thinks something's funny he'll be like oh Matthew would think that's funny um or his, he actually has another little little guy friend um from preschool and he'd be like oh Hudson would laugh at that and sometimes mm -hmm. when he's having a bad day he'll just say like can we leave North Carolina and go back home I miss home oh, I miss Matthew hard. and Hudson and that just breaks your heart because you're like you're so young and I know that eventually you know you'll start forgetting your friends but that even makes me sad because me as a mother, like I actually liked those friends that he had. Yeah. You know, I liked their mom or I liked, I liked the kids' moms, you know? Yeah. Um, so trying to find another friend like that is, it's kind of a stage that we're in right now. Um, and it's proving to be harder than I expected. Yeah. That is hard. I, I'm not at that phase yet with Grayson. Like we're not, yeah. 
well, and given the current climate of our world, we're definitely not going out of the house, but, um, yeah, no parts for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but play dates are hard and it's hard to make, I mean, I've born and raised in this city and it's hard to make mom friends even in your yeah. backyard. So it's hard. I'm sure yeah. when you move to a new place and definitely. how long ago you guys just moved. So you're like just now getting settled in, right? Correct. So we got here in January um, we, so my husband was deployed pretty much, yeah, the whole half of last year. So from May until November. So, um, during that time I was super involved with, um, my mom's group It's called MOPS. Uh, mm-hmm. they're all over the country and I loved our MOPS group. And in the summertime, that group, we would have play dates just in parks all over the city. So we were constantly hanging out with those friends. Um, so when my husband got back, it was Thanksgiving and then it was Christmas. So, you know, he was at work and he was back home and then everyone else's families were back and forth. So that was a really hard period for us because that was a time that we had to say goodbye to all Mm. those friends. Um, And so then we left San Diego January 9th and then we, we found our house and got settled around January 20th. So we had those couple weeks to get to North Carolina, to get settled, find a house. And here we are, March 12th. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I actually don't know what and, day it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm the type of girl who hits the ground running. So I kind of have my own list of things that I need to stay to function as a mom. Mm. Um, and a lot of that was established when my husband was deployed for six months uh, last year. And things that I need are for us, for our family to function, I need my oldest in preschool. Um, so he goes to a pre- so that was one of the first things I found was a preschool for him. Um, just so that I get that one-on-one time with my youngest yeah. so that he can get some, you know, some mommy and me focus time and quality naps. Um, well, and pl- then, so that was something. Plus the socializing oh, yeah. for preschool is, is so yeah, beneficial. I, I just found that so great for him when we were in San Diego, he was in a preschool there. And like I said, he had his little best friend and it was for like, he would just come home so much, so happy and so full of new songs and ideas. And I just saw him thriving. So it really worked for our family. Um, So I wanted to continue that when we got here. So I think maybe two weeks into us living here, I was already like touring preschools for him. Yeah. Um, Well, I can see. I mean, the second thing I need is that MOPS group. So I, I joined a MOPS group. That's different than my San Diego group. It's hard to not compare the two, but mm-hmm. I'm giving it a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is hard. I have switched mom's groups before, and I remember thinking, like, mm, I really enjoyed this part of my other one, mm-hmm. but I like this part of the new one. Can I just mix them together? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that is <laughs> hard. I can just make a perfect one. So, so we'll when your husband was deployed, you had two under two. Is that right? Well, at first, uh, my 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 oldest actually just turned three at that August. So my husband left in May. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So he left when my youngest was ten days old, which was oh wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh, ten um, days. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I'm so thankful that I um, I didn't experience postpartum um, anxiety like I did with my first. Um, but man, I prayed so hard that for help in that period um but yeah, I can't even imagine you know, did you know he was gonna leave like did you or was yeah. it a surprise okay so you knew yeah so we knew 
knew that he, so um, we knew, so my husband at the time had an 18 month deployment cycle to deploy for six months um, in Asia. So we knew it was coming. Um, we tried to get pregnant so that he would be there for at least, you know, six months with the baby. But, you know, whenever you try, God laughs. So <laughs> literally we got pregnant and the window was like, it like kind of like at the last chance before he left, literally at the last chance. Wow. So um, it was insane. It was really stressful because we weren't sure if they were going to leave earlier because with deployment windows, they give you a two-week period. Like, you could leave from the 10th or the 22nd. Oh, and wow. anywhere in between those dates, you could leave. And you won't know until a week before you leave. That's how it, that's how it goes. And there's no so, exceptions of, like, my baby is going to be born this day. There's no exceptions. No. Wow. No. Um, the, the last kind of, like, arrangement that they had offered for us was, like, if my son was born, like, right after they were leaving, my husband could stay Stay with us, but then he'd have to fly at our own penny to get to, to um, Japan. Um, oh. And we're like, yeah. So at that point, we were, you know, we 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 came up with all the scenarios to try to figure out the best way to work it out. But luckily, my son was born on his on his due date, which is a miracle in and of itself. Yeah. And um, and my husband was able to be there for ten days, and then he was able to leave with the guys and gals um, of his. Um, squadron so it worked out and my my mother stayed with me for about two weeks I think maybe it was three weeks oh, I can't nice. remember it's all a blur of course it um, is <laughs> that time is meant to be a blur so people have more kids yeah I mean <laughs> honestly though I was so blessed with Austin he is and was just a really great baby which is very um mm. responsive in the right ways if you know what I mean um and I'm just so thankful that for you know the the only the only real struggle I had with him was I wasn't able to breastfeed him and um I could have that kind of similar thing happened with my first I um I never produced milk um Mm. we tried all the things and when um when Austin was born it was showing that like the same issues I was having were happening again and instead of going through all of the lactation specialists and you know lip tie revisions and everything I just decided right then and there to just go with formula um for my own peace of mind with the fact that Ryan was gone I was like there's no way I'm going to be able to drive to you know to see this specialist or you know have this person come to my house yeah that all that just gave me a really good sense of peace of mind it wasn't what I wanted but it um it really you know it made because I formula fed my first um, that decision made that whole process that much smoother of having Ryan gone and then, you know, taking care of a newborn on my own. So that's so hard. That was, that was the hardest part yeah. in the hospital when, <laughs> but I could talk about that all day, but let's, I mean, breastfeeding I wanna... is so hard. I, I mean, it's yeah. just like really not enough credit. And when I see women do it and they make it look so easy, I want to compliment them because I think that they are making it look easy, but I also want to go up to them and be like, I'm sorry, it's just as hard for you too, right? Like, I mean, yes, you make it look super natural, but it's so weird how it's so unnatural. It's true because, I mean, I mean, I read many books about how, you know, if you see all the generations and how the trends have changed. And I really feel a lot of women who, who breastfed, they really had to figure it out and they really had to get, 
um, help to figure out how to do it right. Um, and unfortunately for me, no matter what we tried, nothing was working. So my body just doesn't want to cooperate when it comes to that. Yeah. And it's fine because my baby's thriving and happy and yeah. chunky in all the right ways. So it worked out. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm all about team fed is best. Yes. Well, I'm with you on that too, but that is a really hard decision to make the first time around yeah. the formula. I mean, I didn't have oh, a yeah. supply issue. Um, I just had a, like, couldn't do it issue. I mean, Grayson yeah. wouldn't latch and then he would, and then yeah. he would get sick. And then I was just like, oh, I can't, I just couldn't handle it anymore. But it took a long time to make that decision. What felt like a long time. Yeah. <laughs> do you, felt, that was like with Nolan, I felt like it was forever, but it was only like five weeks. Yeah. It felt like, it felt like years. <laughs> yes. Uh, with Grayson, it was eight. I, I always say six or eight. I can't remember exactly, but I will say that it felt like the whole, I felt like I, I felt like I breastfed him for a year, even though it was yeah. like just a few weeks that I didn't even like have to leave the house for. So it's Maybe crazy. It was dog years. You know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay. So you had mentioned with Nolan that you experienced some postpartum anxiety. Mm -hmm. Did you do something was, different with Austin? Um, well, honestly, that was a lot rooted into my, um, difficulties with, with breastfeeding. Mm. Um, I was, I was just so detached from him. And yeah. so, um, like untrusting with others with him, because I just remember being like con convinced that I had to, look and be a certain mom for him in order to earn my right to be his mom. Mm. Um, and with all of my struggles with breastfeeding him, um, like that imposter syndrome voice just kept, you know, fueling my every day. And I remember I had a, um, for both of my pregnancies, I worked with a doula, the same one, and she was super um, honest and real with me. And she's one of those, she's, she's a crunchy mama. So like, <laughs> For her to be so like real with me and even um my even Nolan's pediatrician, um, like they helped me kind of put in perspective and Ryan helped put in perspective that like, yeah, I am I'm I am his mom and just because I'm not feeding him in a certain way doesn't make me any less. And um it took a long time to get over that guilt that I, I self inflicted on myself. Mm -hmm. Um and I think and I remember when Austin was born and that same issue was happening again in the hospital. I actually had this uh, lactation specialist telling me that the reason it didn't work the first time was because essentially I didn't have her there helping me. Oh, wow. Um, and, it, and I remember like I actually she was trying to get me to do all these different um, like processes like uh, it was called the SNS. I don't know if you ever had to do that with Grayson, but is where you essentially stick a tube, you tape it onto your boob, and then you have a, a nipple shield, and you're you're oh um, feeding them formula while they're nursing on you. And I did that with oh. Nolan for pretty much for four weeks straight. And I, I got super good at it. Some feedings were two hours long, some were 20 minutes. Wow. But like it, that was how I fed Nolan for those five weeks before I stopped. And so the nurse with Austin was trying, or sorry, not nurse, the lactation specialist with Austin was trying to convince me to do that again. And I actually said, okay, to her. And she left to go get the stuff. And I remember when she left, I just felt this sense of numb. Uh, because Austin, so what happened was he had lost 13% of his body weight in those two days of us in the hospital after he was born. 
And so, you know, all of those guilt feelings were coming at me. And she was telling me that she would help me to make this happen and all this stuff. And I let her go off to get the stuff. And I told Ryan to go home and get my nursing pillow. And I was left in that room alone. And I just felt so like my body was hot. I felt numb and I just started crying. Mm. And what ended up happening is I called two of my actually military spouse friends. And I just was like, can you help me get back into like a normal frame of mind? I just had this baby. You guys remember what I went through with Nolan. Is this worth it? Is, is, do I really need to be putting myself through this again? And they just helped talk me through, um, through everything from a perspective of not the father of my child, not the lactation specialist trying to, you know, get a, you know, check a quota mark off of her, yeah. you know, this person's breastfeeding before she mm-hmm. leaves the hospital. Um, and, you know, and not my husband trying to like, you know, make sure that I'm happy. Um, and they really helped remind me like, well, you're enough. Just because you're not breastfeeding often doesn't mean he's not going to be happy, healthy, and thriving. Yeah. And by the time, so then I got off the phone with him, Ryan came back, I talked to him, and then the lactation lady came back, and I was like, just kidding, I'm not going to do all that. <laughs> and she was so, like, she was so angry. She even told me that, like, she, 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 she told me that she had to be the one to teach me how to bottle feed. And I'm like, actually, I've done this before. And then she told me, she asked me, well, what are you going to do when your, your milk comes in? And I'm like, um, I guess I will cross that bridge when I come to it, you know? And she, so she was like, well, I'll come back with some resources on how to suppress your milk supply. And she never came back. Mm. <laughs> so needless, so I'm, I'm just, I was just so upset because I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not a first time mom dealing with that woman, but yeah. And I'm so glad I had a tribe to reach out to, to help, you know, get me confident again. Yeah. But, you know, I'll just say, I'm really sorry that that even had to be your experience. It's just like, when is that yeah. kind of stuff going to stop? Cause whether you're a first time mom or a fourth time mom, like yeah. just, you just delivered a human, <laughs> like yeah. give us, give us a little break, yeah. you know, like be a little yeah. bit more gentle and kind. I do remember the, the forcefulness of feeding and I, I didn't have any other experience. So I really wanted Grayson to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. And that was something yeah. I was uh, ex- like hoping for this magical, you know, connection to happen. And yeah, I, I mean, I was so embarrassed. I just remember sitting there on the bed thinking I'm- like, is this not my baby? Like, why can't I feed him? Yeah. Why isn't he latching? And I was embarrassed. I mean, and they were doing it with my family in the room because they did it right when Grayson was born. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, mm-hmm. I'm just so embarrassed. I can't do this in front of them. And I think back to that moment, and I've still got some, like, internal stuff. I'm working out with that. But, you know, that's that's not – that shouldn't be anybody's experience, you know? Like, it should just be really talked about that this is hard and difficult and not super easy and natural for every mom. And – Totally agree. Ugh, that's hard. Sorry, I didn't mean the first no, to be a, a breastfeeding formula story. <laughs> I love I'm it. Glad you can, I'm glad you can relate because I know, you know, I, know I, I can feel really lonesome. I can. And it shouldn't. I can definitely relate. I will tell you that when I used to get really frustrated when people would talk about, like, formula and how it was so bad before they would see me pull out my mm-hmm. formula bottle – yeah. And so, and then I'd be like, well, that's me. Hi, I do whenever, that. Whenever, 
whenever a kid would be sick and like I'd post about, you know, oh, I got a sick baby at home. They're like, just keep breastfeeding. And I'm like, <laughs> hashtag I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there. You know, some moms are like, I put breast milk in my baby's eye when they have um, an ear infection or an eye infection, and I'm like, well, I'd have to go to the doctors because I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have breast milk. I, I have formula. <laughs> it doesn't work as well. I've tried. No, uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> have you tried? I, <laughs> no, no, I no. Wonder. I wonder. <laughs> I, I uh, haven't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that no, that's hard, and I think that that also it can be long lasting on a mom. Like you're still talking about it today. Yep. And I just, yeah, talked to a mom today who has a seven-year-old and we talked about, you know, that first time just mom not really knowing what you're doing and how that can just really be everlasting on you. And it takes a lot of work to kind of work through those triggers. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's great. Of course. One of the things that I'm really excited to talk to you about is what drew me to you. And I am sure in the past I've mentioned this even on episodes I've recorded this year. Um, was a particular post that you had on Instagram. Okay. So if you don't remember, it's okay. I'll refresh your memory. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's you and your sons. And you're talking about... Um, really just how to embrace the toddler season and you know what I'm talking about and it's my favorite because you do a really good job just briefly articulating like first off they're not meant to be these like perfect humans and second like we got we can't squish all their fun and if we do we're just kind of like blinding them from what it's like to be a kid it just enlighten us on like how you do that because I'm in that right now where Grayson wants to talk about farts and poop out oh, his toys yes. and I oh, want to yeah. laugh and oh, do that. <laughs> and then I also want to be oh. like, okay, now we're at a dinner oh. table, so don't do that. And yeah. it's that concept is hard for him. Um, so it's like I don't want to squish it. He He's two and a half. Oh, yeah. Okay. I swear the moment my son turned two and a half, potty talk became the most funny thing in the world. <laughs> I mean, like, literally, it was like a switch went off when it's just like, if you say the word pee, he just loses it. And if you even say the word booty, I mean, that is like the funniest thing ever. And it's not, it's across the board, two and a half year olds, boys, girls, they are all the same when it comes to potty talk. I don't know what it is. I I seriously, let's talk to a neurologist because maybe some switch goes (laughs) off in their brain. But I, I remember the moment it happened. Um, but one thing I, I heard this quote somewhere from someone where it's like, we're not trying to raise little kids to be adults. We're trying to raise them to be kids who are functioning in this world. So it would be weird if you walk into a room and you're, and you're, and a child walks up to you and talks to you like, you know, a thir- a 40 year old woman, you know, like mm-hmm. you are a two year old, you should be a two year old. Um, but what I've what I've learned with my son is that you know there is a place to be have fun, and I and when we're in that fun mode, I am all in. You know we are. I I will talk the potty talk. I will do. You know if he wants to hear me tell him a potty joke, we'll do a potty joke. <laughs> but the other side of it is I really talk clearly with him, and I say, all right, this when mommy and daddy are having fun, we this is, you, you, we can talk like this with mommy and daddy. But when we're at 
you know, when we're at church or when we're like at the grocery store, like that's not the place to do it. Um, he doesn't under, he doesn't always understand why. So when I talk to him, I say like, oh, that's for when we're at home or that's potty talk. So if we want to talk about potty talk, we can do that. When we're taking a bath in the bathroom. We're having bathroom fun. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of creates that like, I'm keep looking forward to it because yeah. I know that I can't erase that. And, and I'm really careful with trying to squelch him. And I don't want to shame him because I don't want him to feel bad that like he thinks that pee and poop is funny because you know what? It kind of is. Yeah. And unfortunately, I feel like in society, like when does that, when does passing gas in the classroom not funny? When does it stop being funny? Yeah. And I was thinking about that the other day because I was like, like if no one passes gas, like he busts out laughing and says, excuse me. If he hears one of us burp, he thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> but like me, my husband and I are like, you know, we have that like, oh my gosh, someone just heard me do that. So yeah. when he hears it, he thinks it's the best thing ever. So, <laughs> you know, so unfortunately, like, like yes, yes, it's in society. And at some point, maybe around second grade, it becomes not funny anymore. And it comes becomes like, you're that gross kid who picks his nose and eats it. I don't know. So that's what I try to do. I try to create, I try to, um, you know, enjoy him when we're in those places, like in the car, you know, he might say something and he's looking for me to laugh at him and I'll laugh at him because I want him to think he's funny. I want him to know that I enjoy him. Yeah. Um, because there's plenty of times when, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> he's, he's, a ch- he's a kid and, you know, like I get tired. I'm not a perfect mom at all. Um, but whenever I see him looking at me for approval and I see him looking at me to to justify something that he feels inside, like, I think this is funny. I want to see what my mom thinks. I, 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 I give into it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I at don't, the end of the day, I yeah, don't believe no, there is a perfect mom, but I think yeah, you're probably no the best mom for your babies. That's all I oh, know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's where I, I mean, Grayson and I are mostly home together. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, I, he's not very good at the like uh, knowing we're at home and we can talk about that and knowing we're at the store and we mm-hmm. shouldn't talk about it. Yeah. But then parts of me, even when we're at the store and he does it, feels the same way of like, you know what, whatever. Like he doesn't, he's not going to yeah. be able to get to do this for much longer because yep. if I oh, did this in the yeah. middle of the aisle, people would actually think I was like a lunatic. So yes. if he does it, odds are they probably think he's cute or just chalk it up to he's a kid. So he might as well yes. let him enjoy yes. that. I also just, I also try to remind myself that, Oh, sorry. No, no, please go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I just try to remind myself that Whenever I'm in public or even on an airplane, I'm never going to see those people again. Mm. And if I annoy them or bother them, that's that's not my problem. My problem is to create a safe and fun environment for my kid to feel like, you know, he can be himself. And and that's helped me on, on a lot of plane trips because I'm like, well, yeah, my kid might be kicking the seat and I'm going to work on him to not do that. But And I'm going to try to redirect him. But if he's loud on the airplane, that's why you should bring headphones. This yes. isn't a place to, to guarantee your <laughs> comfort, you know. <laughs> go, go to first class if you want that. <laughs> oh, man. When we had Grayson fly for the first time, my husband and I still had status from our previous company. And mm-hmm. so we flew first class. 
And people looked mm-hmm. at us with like these glary eyes of like, why would you bring a four month old in first class? Luckily, he was an angel baby. Oh. Only four on the airplane. Old, that's a perfect time to fly. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Then I learned later on that that was a really easy time. I had no, I had nothing yeah. else to compare it to. But um, yeah, I mean, personally, I think they should just have separate planes for people who don't want to fly with kids <laughs> because it would make it a lot easier on us parents. That's for sure. Because yes. I get a lot oh, of yeah. anxiety when we go on a plane, only because you're cooped up in this steel tube. Oh. And, like, what are you going to do <laughs> if something oh, goes I'm, wrong? I am so glad that I don't have another cross. Like, you know, flying from California to Ohio where my family lives, it's a war six hours on an airplane. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That would be. I don't like that. Do you do that often? Do you fly often to see them? Well, when I, when we lived in California, um, I flew for, during my husband's deployment. The first time I flew was Nolan when he was uh, nine months old to Ohio. And then I flew, I, I traveled a lot that during that deployment. And then this last deployment. So in 2019 with the two kids, I flew uh, once to Ohio and then back. So and that was plus our dog. No, my parents, one of my parents came with me and that helped. Oh, wow. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, I actually, with, with Nolan, I did actually get to fly first class once, but both times on that flight, it was like a connecting flight. So I did it twice. The, the people that I sat next to were parents oh, or that's like, nice. you know, and they had like at least three kids or their kids were grown. So they were really helpful with uh, my son. So that was nice. <laughs> See, yeah, people can I've, I've be so great. <laughs> and long. so awful. So yes. <laughs> That is is really true. See, one of the things with Grayson right now that I'm trying to say to him is that people are amazing. People are awesome. Because I feel like so often I hear people are awful, which I get it. I do all the time. But like we even read the news now with everything going on. And I'm like, man, people are awful. And so every time I talk to Grayson, I'm like, people are awesome. Because there are awesome people out there. It's just the bad people get the biggest voice sometimes i follow a news site on um on instagram that i'll i'll share with you it's called not dumb news and she on sundays always shares good news sundays so she'll share Mm. articles about people doing good things and i love that because you know i feel like news is so sensationalized right now and everyone just focuses on the negative and so whenever she posts something on sunday in her stories about the best stories um I always try to reshare that because we all need to see more of that, especially right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> For sure. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Share that with me. Cause I love, yeah. I love all yeah, the yeah. positive I news will. I can get. I usually I only I search it. for that. <laughs> yes. Well, you won't have to search much longer. Okay, um, good. But yeah, I mean, going off, you know, continuing with the toddler thing. I mean, it's, it's amazing what, you know, what, our kids um, attached to. So the fact that you're telling Grayson that people are good, that allows him to feel safe and comfortable, you know, when you take him out and when he sees people, like he's more likely to be amazing to them too. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's such a good thing that we all should be doing for our kids is like showing what goodness looks like so that they can continue to pass it on. And I mean, I really believe that it, you know, when you show love and kindness, it comes back and other people start doing it. It's like a ripple effect. Um, And 
and you know I just feel this this charge as, as mothers that you know we're the first line of of love and um comfort that we give to our kids and you know I'm excited I love that's why the other reason why I love preschool because like I I love when I when I hear a report from his teachers that like he's so good at saying you know please and thank you and he's so good at sharing with his um his classmates and because you know because I taught him that you know it's Mm -hmm. not it's not something that he just innately does you know Mm -hmm. um so it's nice to see that in action and I pray that that continues (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it will I think that's good to well with with having a little brother we'll see (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) <laughs> it's good to recognize though the the good work that you're doing because you did teach him that and that that yeah. needs to have a lot of credit on your end as well. So good job on yeah. you, Mama. Thanks, girl. I try. What, <laughs> speaking of two babies, what has been yeah. like the best thing about having two and the thing that you're kind of like, wow, I could do without this? Oh, well, I could do without the diapers. I forgot. <laughs> and you'll remember that. Like, I forgot that changing a 10-month-old diaper is like an extreme sport. Mm. They just are wiggling around. They don't just sit there and let you do it anymore. It's, yeah. The other day, I changed Austin's diaper, and uh, the next morning, I pick him up out of the crib, and he doesn't have a diaper on anymore because I guess I didn't do it right <laughs> that night. That That's was fun. Awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, so when... When I was pregnant with Austin, we really focused on preparing Nolan by giving him a lot of like big kid responsibilities, mm. um, such as feeding the dog. Um, I I gave him his own shelf. I gave up one of my shelves of, in the kitchen for him <laughs> for all of his little cups and bowls and everything. And whenever he'd ask me for a snack, I'd say, "Hey, go get a bowl from your cabinet. Go get your go get your cup." Um, you know, uh, once, so then once the baby came, he was really excited to have little jobs to do to help out. Um, Mm. we kept telling him like, you're such a good helper. You're so good at helping mommy and daddy. So it became like this, I don't know, sense of pride that he's like, Oh, I'm a big brother now. I got this. Oh, I feed the dog now. So I got this. And that really helped with the whole, welcome. There's a new baby here mommy can't play with you right now because mommy has to feed the baby or mommy has to change his diaper. Can you go get the diaper on the other side of the house for me? Because I totally forgot to grab it. And (laughs) I'm sitting here with a poop diaper and he'll run and get it for me. It's great. Mm. Um, But so that's been really cool to see. And, um, you know, I, I'm just going to do a plug for Daniel Tiger's neighborhood on PBS that really taught me how to be a mom, like mama tiger. She is my, um, She's my, my guru. Um, that's really kind of how we learned the whole, like, help and be a big helper. So I'm not going to take credit. Um, I think that's awesome. But, <laughs> true story. A friend of mine, we always talk about it, like, Mama Tiger taught me how to be a mom. But <laughs> uh, the hardest part is, um, it's like, I, it's really geared toward my, my, my youngest. Like, I feel sad sometimes that I, that, I don't, I'm not experiencing first with him. Mm. Everything that he does, I've seen it before. Everything, you know, that he, like all of his needs, I anticipate them because I've been there before. 
So in many ways, I feel sad that he doesn't get me like his older brother did. And yet, in a way, like, I'm okay with that, too, because I know that I'm I'm a better mom because of all the struggles I had the first time around, because I had to figure it out. Yeah. But, like, you know, when he's crawling for the first time, it's not super like, oh, my God, he's doing this amazing thing. It's, hey, yeah, it's about time he starts crawling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in that sense, you know, I feel, I just feel a little sad that I don't, I don't see him as this exciting creature. I see him as like, oh, he's, yes, thank goodness. You know, he yeah. he's finally sitting up and I don't have to like put him in a chair anymore. You know, like yeah. I can just set him there and I don't worry about him rolling over. Um, so yeah, I can see I, how that I, would I, be I different. I think that answers your question. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, but I guess with two, oh my God, here's one that's awful. <laughs> like, what do you do when both kids are asleep in a car when you get home just think about that <laughs> who do you pick first who do you bring into the house first you know who do you pick Sophie's first? choice <laughs> oh, oh so my gosh that's that was awesome. so hard it was so hard because when I when we were living in San Diego I didn't have a garage that I could pull the car into so it was literally like uh either wake up my first my son to get him inside or like try to bring him inside together and I would do that I literally would take my my the baby into the garage because we could it was just a really small garage so we had stuff in it but I could walk through it I'd put him in the garage I'd go back to the car lock up the car grab my three-year-old have my three-year-old over my shoulder carrying the carrier with my arm bringing them inside together dang but I felt pretty amazing. I wow. was like, I'm super mom right here. You are super mom. That's what I, that's what I did for six months. <laughs> that's awesome. You uh, are super mom. It was crazy. That, it was crazy. that was my ultimate question was like who you picked first, but now, now you answered yeah. it for me. I was like, okay, well yeah. now we know who your favorite is. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. For, well, he, <laughs> he got, he didn't get all the way into the house. He got into the garage. So he there was, you go. You know, out of like a bird's eye and then like, carry him the rest of the way into the house with my toddler over my shoulder. Um, you know, but what, what really, I think a lot of, I remember when I was pregnant with, with Austin and I was just so worried that I wasn't going to be able to give off Nolan, sorry, messing up their names. I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to give Nolan like the time that he deserved. Um, and what ended up happening is Austin goes to bed super early. So when Austin's in bed, Nolan gets, like two hours of time with mom and dad before he goes to bed. So that really worked out. So we could watch an episode of a Decatur show. We could play in his room, read a couple books together. And he gets that one-on-one time. So that fear that they would be competing for each other has dissipated. But I know that that's going to change now that Austin's getting older. He'll be one in May. Um, and he won't be going to bed maybe as early as he does now. But. Yeah. You the know, nice thing is, though, that, that leads into- you set him up yeah. already for, like, the big brother role, which I think yeah. can help kind of eliminate some of those issues. I mean, I literally have no clue, so I'm just trying to comfort you, I guess, <laughs> as you go through this Thanks. next stage. But hopefully it won't be too terrible. I think, too, it helps that they're three years apart. So Nolan has already kind of stepped out of the toddler phase and into the, like, little kid phase. Yeah. Of childhood, I guess. And that helped. Like his maturity is a little bit better. 
than say if you were under three having a, a baby sibling because he's still kind of you know a baby himself at that age. Yeah. So um, um, the I'm joys of two time part. Oh well, so I hear that if you have if your child got through two, fine. Three is the terrible time, and I and that's true. Like no one has way more like outbursts than he did at two at three now and I'm like can we get to four already <laughs> oh my gosh every time I hear someone say that it makes me like kind of cringe inside because <laughs> I feel like right now is a really heavy time for me where I am just like okay yeah. I'm gonna make it through this like I'm gonna get through then three might be fine three might okay. be a breeze or you know? or it's gonna honestly, be worse <laughs> no four is gonna be fine four they're like perfect is what I hear four is no problem <laughs> okay so I just have a year I, and a half know, I, yeah I just you know one of one thing about Nolan is that he honestly he's a pretty reasonable kid um he again this is a cue from mama tiger from Daniel Tiger's neighborhood <laughs> um whenever I talk to him I get down on his level um I literally get to the floor and I mm. talked to him face to face. And that has been huge for him because, um, you know, I was raised in a, like, you know, you get spanked if you talk back to mom. You get spanked if, you know, you're bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, and my parents are great. I love them. Um, it's different, you know, time that they raise their kids. But, yeah. you know, help that also helps me to chill out too. Looking at my kid eye to eye, seeing him for who he is a kid and seeing me as the mom, the one that literally is the only one in this room who can control her emotion or who understands that that needs to happen. Um, that's really helped me to communicate with him better and to, you know, forgive him and forgive myself um, when he does act out. Um, again, I'm not a perfect mom. I yell, I get angry. Um, <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I have to walk away sometimes. I put my kid in timeout. I know that that's frowned upon sometimes, but those times help me to to um, like cool down. You know, to take a deep breath and yeah. not yeah to cool down and also not take this all so seriously. Yeah. Um. You know, like I think that's that's one of the biggest things. Like as a parent, like don't take it so serious. Yeah. It's not that serious. Like if your kid is harming themselves, hurting other people, you know, being cruel and unkind like okay that's a little serious but like you know in the day-to-day you know there's there's typically a reason for their behavior when they're acting out um yes you know it could be oh I haven't been paying attention to you I literally haven't I say I'm playing with you and I keep telling you I'll I'll be there I'll be there I'll be there and I haven't been there yeah I get it you're angry you're throwing a toy I'm sorry it really is probably mom's fault because Mm -hmm. I wasn't paying attention to you you know um but that act of just like getting down on the floor, looking at him, that's helped me so much to with talking to him. Yeah. I will say that the timeout thing, I, <laughs> I've heard people be like, don't call it timeout. Don't whatever. And it's so hard because when I am putting Grayson in yeah. what is timeout, but not labeling it as that, yeah. I want to say timeout. But for some reason, that seems like negative in my mind, but really it is a timeout. Yeah. It's a timeout for me, a timeout for him. And yeah. Yeah. it helps. Like yesterday I put him in a timeout and 
I always say you're going to go in your room for a second. So he's in his room and he starts playing with mm-hmm. his toys, which is fine. <laughs> and he was in yeah. there for probably like 15 minutes just playing. And I was sitting yeah. out of the door yeah. and I was just taking deep breaths. And my yeah. sister was like, are you going to get them? Are you going to, is he done? Are you going to get him out? And I was like, no, cause I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. Like he's playing, yeah. he's playing with his yeah. book that's teaching him Spanish. So I'm just going to sit here and yeah. let him that's learn cool. words and I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And that's what he did yeah. for, for like 15 minutes. So I was like, awesome. But there's also, I always make sure I like the getting on the eye to eye. We, his room is mm-hmm. right at the top of our stairs. So I usually sit on our mm-hmm. stairs when I talk to him. So we are always are eye to eye but not intentionally. So maybe that does help him. Yeah. So I'll make sure to keep that in mind. Yeah. That's a good tip. But I always tell him yeah. your feelings are completely justified, but your behavior is not yeah. because he can be yeah. mad that I'm not paying attention, but you can't throw your toys at me. Like he literally did that this morning. Mm-hmm. Cause I was texting someone yeah. back and he was like throwing yeah. his toys. I'm like, seriously, dude, can we just get past this yep. phase? <laughs> can we just yep. fast forward? I know the throwing, the throwing, it's like trying it's it's amazing like how how much we don't give ourselves credit that we have to be the ones that teach them how to communicate their feelings (laughs) and um and it and it's a big responsibility because like everyone's child is different and I just oh we don't give ourselves enough credit no because we're also trying to learn how to tell them how to articulate their you know like we could read as many books but you know like we're we're still learning too and I I mean I feel like that's like my that's my advice for, for moms is like, give her, give yourself a break. Yeah. You know, like you're going to have bad days, but bad days don't mean you're a bad mom. Yes. You know, bad days are just, are going to happen. And I tell this to my friends all the time, this quote, I didn't, I don't know if it's from someone, but I heard it from another mom who told me and it helped me so much. And it's your track record for getting through bad days is a hundred percent and that always helps give me um, a sense of okay I can do this mm-hmm. when I think about that and I think that just like I mean that quote has gotten me through so much like I'm okay I will get through this I've gotten through a worse day than today yeah and I'm not a bad mom I'm just figuring it out um, and you know being humble to that and you know that's something I didn't get. I mean, again, I love my parents, but I didn't get that, um, that reassurance that my feelings were valid, um, that my, that my hurt was real hurt. You know, I don't, I don't know if you, if you were raised with the whole, like, well, you shouldn't be sad because there are people who have it worse off than you. Like Mm -hmm. that's what I heard so much growing up. And it's like, no, you're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to be sad just because despite the fact that or in spite or whatever, despite the other fact that there's other people hurting too, like your hurt is real too. Yeah. Um, well, I say that as mothers of boys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'll say that same thing you just said, but to moms too, like so often yeah. I talk to moms off of air, like not with the record button, like highlighted yeah. in red. And they say things like, well, my story just isn't that interesting or I didn't, I didn't really have that hard of a time in motherhood and I know someone else has it worse. And it's like, well, it's not a, it's not a competition of who had a worse off in motherhood. Yeah. And if it is, I don't want to be a part of that game. Like I'll take the easy road out. No. Can I just have a really easy journey and <laughs> you guys can play your game? But you know, it's, yes. 
your experience is your experience. And so if one child is a lot for you, then one child is a lot for you. And if four child children are a lot for you, then four children are a lot for you. Like I, I, even to myself, sometimes I feel like, Oh, how is this so hard? Like, for example, you do it with two kids and I just do it with one. But the difference is, is that it's okay that it's hard for me and it's okay if it's hard for you. And we just have to know that that's okay. That our yeah. emotions are totally justified. Agree. Yes. Totally uh, agree. So good. Okay. Well, I wanted to get to the other part of what you do before we end. Um, yeah. Because yeah. you also have a blog, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I and I really love. Noelleboyer.com. What was it? Oh, your name. Noelleboyer.com. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll link it for those of you who didn't hear that. I'll link it. Um, tell me, like, what's inspired the blog? Is it, is it difficult to have a blog and two babies or is it kind of a release for you or how do you manage all that? Um, a little bit of both. So my blog came out of the fact that, um, I write a lot on Instagram and my Facebook more on Instagram now. And I would write posts like the one that you referenced. And one of my friends, one of my really good friends, Kirsten actually was like, Noel, why don't you have a blog already? You already do all this stuff, but like, it's not, it's um, a blog is a place where it will stay with Instagram. It goes away essentially, mm-hmm. you know, at the, the more you post, like you can't, it's harder to find those stories and then, you know, share it with someone. It's hard to share rather. Yeah. And she literally was like, Noel, you, I don't what like, what's holding you back. And I was, you know, I had all the excuses. Oh, no one's going to read a blog of mine. You know, it's, that it's just going to be a running diary or something. And so one day Kirsten literally created my blog for me. She went <laughs> through my Instagram and grabbed some of her favorite posts that I've written and put them on my blog. And That's she was like, awesome. now you have no excuse, do it. And so I just said, fine. Okay. I'll do it. And I just started um, just each month. I would have at least three blogs that I would try to put out. And that kind of goes off to your second question of if it's hard to do with kids and some months it's not some months it is. So my, my goal is to always to put out three posts. And if I put out two, that's fine. Um, And I write about motherhood. I write about being a military spouse. Um, Those are kind of the two topics I toggle between um, being a military spouse those posts might be about being a military parent. So they kind of bleed into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been really fun. And um, again, hats off to my friend who created it for me because she did all the, the things that I thought were hard. She did it for me because she's just amazing on the computer. She's That's a really brilliant. good friend. Um, I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So she's a really good friend to have. Um, so I think it, I, and she's a military spouse, so it goes back to that community of people. Um, you know, I feel like as a military spouse, we make friends quickly, and those friends, you know, really do become family. So uh, something like the fact that she did that for me isn't abnormal, I feel like, in our world, because we're always helping each other out in some facet, if it's helping each other's careers or or, you know, just being there to babysit our kid for us so that we can have a break. Um, because yeah. we don't have that family to lean on, we really do become a family really quickly. So that's been such a blessing throughout this experience as a military spouse. So. That is really cool. Yeah. 
Well, I'm I'm glad that so, she started that for you because I yeah. like I like your blog. <laughs> Thank so you. I'm glad that Thank she did you. that. Um, yes. And and I do. Think, I have like three posts that I'm working on simultaneously as well. So I'm always like starting a post and then uh, oh, a quick tip that a friend told me. She was like, just write it, get it out. Like if you have the idea in your head, just write it and get it out. It doesn't have to be perfect because the likelihood that you can go back to that idea and write it well, you know, two weeks later is not high, I guess. Um, you know, like yeah. if you have the idea, just write it out and just get it done. Um, you know, there's actually a book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. She talks about the fact that ideas will come to you, but if you don't act on that idea, that idea will literally go to somebody else and how that writer actually had that experience where she had a story, um, a story idea to write and she kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And then she actually met a woman who literally wrote the story that she had in her brain. Wow. And so she started, she started talking about this fact that ideas, like you have to, when you have the idea, you have to act on it because the idea won't wait for you. Yeah. It will find someone else to do the job for you. And so, um, so I, I've heard that like in two different ways. So I'm like, that's how I apply it to my blog. Like I just get the idea out. It's not, doesn't have to be perfect. Um, but I try to honor the fact that it came to me and I'm, you know, writing it and just putting it out there. Yeah. I think it's really important. Like when you're feeling a little burst on your heart of creativity or of whatever it is that's calling to you. I just think even as a person, but especially as a mom, just to have like that release in that moment where you kind of like give in to your creativity. Um, it's just healthy for you. So that's a great thing to do. And, and I love the tip you shared. Like, I think anytime you mix in motherhood with like, and then meaning like a blog, a podcast, like whatever it is, it can add an element of complexity of like, okay, this is overwhelming, but I love it. And now I have to deal with my kids. Now I have this and I have that. And yeah, (laughs) I think it's good to have expectations, but it's also okay when you know, Hey, I can only do two this month. Or yes. next month I'm going to do four because we're having a good month. Like, yes. you know, whatever it is, yes. just because I think that that is truly what motherhood is. It is like a roller coaster and you're blindfolded and you just don't know when the big drop is coming or <laughs> like what's happening yes. in front of you. And you just, you just never really know. And I want to make a plug that I, I have a lot of help. So like right now talking to you, my husband's with the kids, with being a partner we're being partners like we should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like, you know, he's babysitting or anything, but like I, I let him know ahead of time. Like I have this on the calendar, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be away for an hour talking. So don't bug me, you know? Yeah. Um, and also with writing, um, I try to do that on Sundays. I just go up into our, um, our bonus room and I just pour it all out and, um, and just get, get whatever's on my heart just done. Um, Same with when, when Ryan was gone, like I had help. I had friends who would come and, you know, hang out with me when my kids were asleep and we'd watch, you know, this is us. Or I have a (laughs) friend who would watch um, often so that I could get my nails done or, you know, something like that. And I utilized preschool. So I was never like trying to do everything in my own strength because that never, that wouldn't, none of that would have worked. I mean, I wouldn't have had um, peace or any sort of success if I put it all in myself. Um, 
or I definitely had to learn to ask for help and to accept it when it was offered to me. Yeah, I mean, asking for help is such a sign of strength, and oftentimes we view it as weakness, but really it's just showing that you just need some assistance in something, and that makes you an even better mom when you can acknowledge that you need help. So that's good. I agree. Having your tribe is so important. I'm glad that you have a great one. Okay, I know you kind of share. They're in San Diego. I'm hoping I find them here. (laughs) Yes, I have faith that you will. I have faith. Thank you. So I know you shared a little bit of of advice earlier, but to close us out, what is your one piece of advice that you have for all the mamas out there? Well, um, it's, this is what I, I I give to people when they come into when they subscribe to my blog. Um, It is in your day, pick three things to do and just do those three things. And don't worry about that overflowing to-do list. Um, I, I do a weekly brain dump where I write down all the things I need to get done that week. And from that brain dump, I pick three things each day to focus on. And it can be simple as wash the dishes, work out, um, you know, make dinner. Like that can be, that could be one day. Um, and if I get those three things done, I let myself celebrate it and feel accomplished. Um, Mm. and that really helps with that, you know, Oh, I did nothing today feeling. Yeah. When really we do a lot, we do so, so much, much, like, you know, and we don't give ourselves enough credit. So for me, writing down those three things and checking it off at the end of the night, that allows me to feel like, huh, hey, babe, I actually did a lot today. Look, I, I picked up dog poop. I, I dropped off the electric bill and I worked out. I'm amazing. Yeah. And Oh yeah. And the kids are fed. So yes. And I kept <laughs> so two tiny humans my, alive. <laughs> Yes, I call that my my magic of three thing. Um, like I said, I do a brain dump first to kind of create that uh, those three things throughout the week each day, um, and that's that's my advice to all moms. I think we all need to give ourselves more credit for what we do. Yes, agreed. Great advice, Noel. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with me. I know we went back and forth trying to get this schedule just because of mom life. I'm glad that we were yes. able to actually lock it down. Um, yes, and honestly, I look forward to just reading more about just your life and your blog and what you're learning and what you're working on. Cause I think when we can do motherhood out loud, um, it, it really helps whether it be, the loudest mom in the room or the quietest mom in the room. I know they're benefiting from it. I completely agree. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. And um, I really appreciate it. Yeah. All the patience and trying to schedule this. Of course. <laughs> hey, I'm a mom. I get it. I tell all the yes. people I work with, I, they're like, well, I'm sorry, this, this. I'm like, I'm a mom. I need people yes. to do those things with me all the time. So totally get it. Yes. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Now, if you're hooked, you can subscribe to this podcast, follow along on social media at The Mama Stories, or visit the website, mamastories.com. And mamas, I love you.